Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Portions of the Oilers Now podcast are brought to you by ProAmSports.ca. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Service for any brand in your office? Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X.ca on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Welcome back, everybody. It's 133 in Edmonton. Bob Stoffer with you on Oilers Now. Portions of our show brought to you by World Floor Carvings. Tell them Oilers Now sent you. Receive two times the air miles, reward miles, on all your flooring purchases at World Floor Carvings, where they know a little about hockey and a lot about flooring. Our next guest uh, played uh, roughly 400 games in the National Hockey League. He is a longtime analyst on NBC Sports Washington. We welcome back to the show Al May. Al, how are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me back, Bob. Absolutely. We had John Shannon on earlier today, Al, and I asked him whether or not Connor McDavid uh, could win the Hart Trophy. And uh, I know that we communicated over the course of the weekend, did a little bit of research. Uh, Back on January 12th, McDavid was 12 points out in the scoring race, sitting 10th in league scoring. And lo and behold, today, after being named Player of the Week, uh, today he is four points up on the scoring race uh, with six games left in the season. So I ask you, can a player who doesn't make the playoffs in a 31-team NHL uh, win the league MVP? I think it's been done before, maybe not in a 31-team league, but when you think of the Edmonton Oilers, they really the only person you think of having a great season, the only person you usually think of, uh, even when they're having a good, good year, a great year, would be Connor McDavid. And I, I think he's got to be in the discussion. Uh, it, it, it should be, to me, it, it should be a no-brainer that he gets votes. And, they're, you know, the playoff thing, you can't have just one player get a team into the playoffs. You have to have your entire squad. It goes from general manager, coaches, all their players, you know, your goaltending complement, your defenders. And uh, this is a team game. But he is, in my opinion, really the most valuable player to his team in the National Hockey League. By the way, Mario Lemieux, I believe, in I think it was 87-88, was Cho's Hart Trophy winner, and Penguins did not make the playoffs that year. Five teams missed. 16 out of 21 made it back then. It's now 16 out of 31. Kind of puts things a bit in perspective. So there has been precedent when this has occurred uh, before. Well, this is one of the greatest players that's played the game already at such a young age. In an era where it's harder to get points and harder to score goals than ever, uh, with goaltending and coaches and everything that goes on with that, the systems that are in place now, this guy's willed himself to the top of the point scoring race. And, you know, if he had, you know, it, it's been a tough year for the Oilers, but this was Mario Lemieux, is the other guy that you just spoke about, one of the greatest players yep. that's ever put skates on in this game. Uh, I would say he's got to be up there. It, it, Connor has to be a legitimate. He has to be a finalist for this because when I think of all the players around the league, I don't think anyone means more to their team than he does right now. He, he's shown what he's been able to do 
Uh, we have Alexander Ovechkin here in Washington. I would I would say he would be a dark horse candidate from the quality of play that he's exhibited this year on this team that lost 35% of its roster coming into this season. And, you know, it, it, it's tough to, to pick a guy uh, just flat out this year. So I, I would say that that lends itself to Connor winning this thing. All right. Uh, hey, let me ask you this. You played against Mario Lemieux. Now, you didn't get out in the ice a lot against him. Did you ever feel compelled not, even though part of your job was to be, you know, who you were, Al, which was uh, you were an enforcer and a, and a fourth-line role player, but did you respect Mario so much that you didn't run him, plus you knew that Bobby Gould could take care of him anyways? Or, with all seriousness, well, when you were out against a guy like that, what was, what was your mindset? Well, you, you couldn't hit those guys as much as hard as you tried. You, you know, you don't want to go way out of your way to go after those guys. I always think that's ridiculous. And, you know, you just go after the best players. You get caught so out of position, you end up being a liability in the minus. So, you know, it was hard to get uh, Mario in a position where he could lay him up. But, you know, players did play the body on him. Uh, you know, this is a guy, he, I think out of junior, he was rated 10 out of 10 in the fighting department as well. He didn't look so against Bobby Gould, but I don't think anyone knew Bobby was a lefty. Mm-hmm. But, you look at this was a very good player. I know one time that I gave him a two-hander in a puck battle, and he came right back and gave it back to me. And you know he didn't take he, he didn't take anything from players, but it was just like Gretz. You think you got them lined up, and they just danced out of the way. So you know it, 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 I just never wanted to be a, a, a stupid player and one that embarrassed the game, embarrassed myself, embarrassed my family, embarrassed my team. And I, I thought you know to go out of your way to cheap shot players was ridiculous and certainly to go after the best players in the game would be embarrassing for the entire league that said you had to support your own players were you still with the caps when dale hunter drilled up here turgeon was and i was sitting on the bench wondering what the hell did he just do and really? why did he do it yeah. oh yeah it was i had i had i had nothing they came to me i said i just shook my head and i and i didn't like it and i just thought it was so much after the goal had been scored and yeah. I just thought it, it didn't need to happen and it happened and you know then we had to live with all the death threats and everything that go with play, being a hockey player in the New York area at the time so it, it, it was kind of unnerving it cost us that series and uh, you know and, and it was a shame that it happened. You know what it cost Hunter his reputation too because he was a hell of a player wasn't he? Well he was you know one of the things I, I just couldn't believe that he did it one of the things I know one night and I was you know, not not for exactly 100% what happened, but he was butt-ended in the face at, at taking a face-off. We got to the bench. I was playing on the line with he and John Bruce, and he told me, he goes, stay within 20 feet of me next shift. I go, why? He goes, look. He turned his face, and it's swollen on the one side uh, three or four inches. Like his helmet was pushing out. He wore that old Jofa. Yeah. And he went out. I, I said, who did it? He said, doesn't matter now. Someone's going to pay. And he went out, and he got Gord Murphy. And uh, that started a series of, I don't know, they weren't bench-clearing brawls, they were line brawls, and I think it happened about four or five games in a row where everyone was just waiting for the first thing to happen and the first guy that threw something that the other side deemed cheap. And, you know, you look back on YouTube, it was kind of funny and fun and all that, but I felt that one was in the old days of an eye-for-an-eye eye type of thing and uh, where players policed, kind of policed the game themselves. But, you know, D- Dale didn't show a lot of remorse. You know, no one really did back then for things like that. And, I can understand why he did it to a certain extent. He was a small guy, about five foot eight, and uh, he didn't want people taking advantage of him. And you know that nowadays, if he had been done, he'd be done for half a season or more. Yeah, absolutely. We're joined by Al May, Washington Capitals broadcaster. Al, by the way, uh, last night was the quietest Ryan Kessler was against Connor McDavid in his career. 
I, I got to tell you, nothing happened. I wonder if somebody said something to him in the pregame warm-up. Uh, it was, you know, maybe the Ducks had too much to play for because they're duking for a playoff spot. And give them credit, they battled back. But it was because I know we've spoken in the past about the frustration of not being able to legislate the way you could in the past and protect your top-end guys. But I thought Kessler was really quiet last night. Let's switch focus to the Eastern Conference. Um we all thought it was going to be Tampa at the start of the year. Vasilevsky looks like he's taking on a little bit of water right now. Is this thing wide open, or is Pittsburgh still... Uh, you can never uh, discount Pittsburgh, can you? Well, I, I still think it's wide open. and All the teams that are involved that will make the playoffs are all, in my opinion, playing pretty well. They've all got great attributes, and I think every team over in the Eastern Conference does have one weakness, and I'm not sure if they've got the roster that they've had before in Pittsburgh as far as the, the top three lines, and they always seem to pull a rabbit out of their hat and pull in another kid from the American League or a college that fills in and becomes a household name in the hockey world because he gets to play four rounds. But I look at Tampa, teams are figuring out that they don't play too well in their own zone. I'm not sure Ryan McDonough, with all the hockey that he's played over the years with the New York Rangers, really makes them a better team because he doesn't look like the fastest guy. He's, got, he's prone to getting hurt, in my opinion, at this point in his career when you play him physical. And teams understand how to play them. And the Bruins, they're playing so fast, but you you can take advantage of them when they don't have the puck. Uh, they still have a lot of young players in that roster that don't always do the right thing. So I, I think people are going to be shocked if it ends up coming out of the Eastern this year. And I don't think it's necessarily it's a guarantee like in the NBA when your top two teams are always fighting it out at the end because, you know, the Caps have had their way with the, the, the Lightning this year. Uh, they've got to figure out a way to play differently and smarter against the Pittsburgh Penguins. New Jersey Devils seem to give teams fit. When they're on their game, they can outskate any team in the league. So I, I believe it's wide open in the Eastern Conference this year. Taylor Hall's had a great year, hasn't he? Oh, he, he's been amazing. He, You know what? I was always upset being an Oiler guy and, you know, wanting to see that franchise do well, but they traded him. And I, I like the acquisition of Larson, but I thought, you know, if they could have done it with, for someone else, uh, because I just felt there was a lot of reputation things. I don't believe what I read. I don't believe what I see in social media. And, uh, you know, now it looks like a, a big mistake because he looks like one of the best players in the league. He stays healthy all year. He ends up being an MVP candidate. And, and he's yep. a legitimate guy that could could be called an MVP. And so, you know, he, he, he's he been spectacular. He fits in well with that team. They've got so much speed. They've got guys that can play full speed, make great plays, better hockey sense. And I think the coaching staff there, uh, John Hines, has done an incredible job of communicating to his players. He, he doesn't whip them. Uh, he teaches them, and he doesn't use them as scapegoats. And I think that's worked out very well for Taylor. Not being in the fishbowl of Edmonton media uh, and the fan base, I, I think it's been a lot easier for him. We're joined by Al May. Uh, one guy I like on New Jersey, and he, he's he's still learning to process the game, but I love his his you know the energy that he brings and the fact that he will step up if he has Miles Wood. Miles Wood, can, he is fast, and he steps up for his teammates as well. Yeah, his dad taught him well. His dad played a lot of games in the National Hockey League, but that kid goes hard every game. And, uh, you know, I guess a version of a power forward now isn't a guy that drops the gloves all the time, but he's done some damage when he's dropped his gloves. But the, what impresses me most is plays at full tilt, goes to tough areas, finishes hits, goes to the net. He's got a lot of skill to go with his ambition out there. So, yeah, he's a real good-looking player to watch, and there's not a team in the league that would not want that kid on their roster. You've got a guy in Washington who's evolving as well, okay? And that's Tom Wilson. He's starting to develop a little bit more offensive game, isn't he? 
Well, he is. And, you know, six years into this, I always felt that they brought him up out of junior one year too many. And also, I would have brought left him in junior one more year, let him ripen up a little bit more, thrown him in the American League, and then brought him up here rather than putting him in the way he was the coaches before trots. Uh, they had him at like a hamster on a wheel. Oh, you dump the puck in, cycle, sending him out there to fight guys as a, you know, 19 year old, 20 year old hockey player. I think that's ludicrous. And, you know, it, it, guys seem like they're better suited for life off the ice when they don't have to play that role so young in the National Hockey League. And that's what the American League is for. It's part of teaching them. And so I, I thought it stunted his growth as far as an offensive player for a while. And one of the things that really has helped, and this goes with the rule changes and, the enforcement and the suspensions and everything that happens now. He doesn't have to worry about the big dumb guy on the other team because there aren't a whole lot of big dumb guys on the other teams anymore. So we saw him play a week ago uh, Tuesday against the Dallas Stars. They don't really have anyone that's going to drop the gloves with them other than Roussel, who who he would destroy. Right. And he, and he went out there, had nine hits, six shots, played 21 minutes, was a minus one, so it shows you how stupid that stat can be, but was the best player on the ice for both teams. Didn't score a goal, didn't get an assist, but he got to every puck, he got the puck in deep, and he made some spectacular plays where players didn't convert as far as the passes he was making, carrying the puck, the patience, and he's come a ton this year, and I think a lot of it, he doesn't have that mental fatigue from worrying about having to fight all the time, and they don't need him to do that. You need him to, to hit, to win battles, and he'll step up. You know, he's done that enough times this year, but it's not an every day, every period, every shift type of thing. Uh, but he, he's really adapted very well. He's fit in. He looks like the best winger with Ovechkin, regardless of who plays center. And I, I love the evolution of his game. But he is fast. He's a fast, fast hockey player. Uh, and now to see him making plays rather than killing plays, uh, really bodes well for this team in the future. Al, uh, I got to ask you: Was Brett Ritchie hurt in that game? Because did those two not have a punch in your face contest about a year ago, Ritchie and Tom Wilson? Yeah, they did. They had an awesome one. I think both guys were bleeding, and uh, yep. you know, yes, two guys. I don't, I don't know if there's history because I think Ritchie's a little too old for Tom to play junior right. against. But they, uh, you know, it, it was a great one. Ritchie did not dress. He's been, you know, he has been injured. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I just find it right now that would be a bad trade because Richie has been used basically in a fourth-line role this year for the most part. Uh, yeah. And I know Ken Hitchcock mixes things around it, but, well, you know, Tom's going well and helping that first line here get looks and chances. Sure. You don't want that trade-off. So, you know, there, there's one of those things you always talk about, good trades and bad trades as far as the fisticuffs go. Uh, you don't want that happening. Just like when uh, uh, Tom Wilson took exception to Joe Thornton taken uh, with the cap salt with the cheap shot at T.J. Oshie, and, you know, he ends up with a concussion, you know, they end up fighting the next period. That's a bad trade for San Jose, a great trade for the Washington Capitals, so I look at it like that. Not saying that, that Tom is in a category of Joe Thornton, but, you know, that that, that was a great move uh, for Tom, and it would be a bad move for him to fight a guy like Richie at this point. Well, when the Oilers were up the other night against L.A., uh, Clifford tried to get Darnell Nurse to go, and Darnell's playing 23 minutes a game, and Clifford's playing eight. Uh, hey, I want to ask you, you you know, if you looked at a player that's been in the league over the last 10 years, given your skill set, that you kind of wish you could have been a bit like, I would think that maybe Milan Lucic might have been one of those type of guys. I mean, he, look, he's a good player. He makes big money. got a great contract. Speaking of L.A., uh, and I'm not going to speak to Kopitar because Milan Lucic is not Kopitar, but Dustin Brown had five straight years of points, 27 to 36 in a season. 
not as effective as he'd once been. Hadn't played more than 16-30 in a game, and he's bounced back and had a great year this year. 20-plus goals, 50-plus points. He's playing 19 minutes a game. Lucic has had a tough year. In your opinion, and Milan's got one goal the last 40 games, Al. Do you think that it's possible for a player like a Lucic, who has not fought in over 50 games, do you think he can bounce back? I do, and, and, and it all starts on the training table this summer. And uh, with the diet, with the type of workouts he's going to have to do, I've seen it here, Chris Kreider, completely different player than uh, Lucic, but he got sick, had a, I forget what the exact diagnosis with his yep. injury was, but I, I believe he had a blood clot, something related to that, and uh, had to do one of those rib sections or whatever the heck they call it. And he came back 20 pounds lighter. I've never seen him play better and faster. I thought he was a little bit lumbery this year at the start. Yep. Uh, but just losing that weight, we're starting to see these older players figure it out. This is a skating game. You got to be able to move your hips. You know, I, and I and I do. I've always been a Lucic fan, and I like when he's not in a good mood, and I like when he plays miserable and he hates everything. And you know, he he's not getting there this year. And, and I'm and I'm not putting him down. I'm not cutting him apart. But he's going to have to change his ways. He wants to live up to that contract. He's a proud player. He's a Stanley Cup champion. He was a big part of the Bruins winning their cup. And he's a big, big part of Edmonton being as good as they were last year. You know the amount of respect that teams were giving them. But you know he's not in a good space right now. I would say mentally, and that's not from a guy that's even spoke one word, spoken one word to him this year. But I, I think he's got to get his weight down. He's going to have to change, change his training. Look what it's done for Ovechkin. Completely different physique this year. Uh, went from the powerlifting routine, the heavyweights, to doing stuff on the track that, you know, still does it here at the local high school beside the practice rink, you know. So he's, you know, it's all about agility, moving your legs right now. And, and that big, heavy, tough, you know, muck and grind, use your stick to cheat and hook and hold game is not allowed. So, you know, I think milan has got to get with the, with the program here. He's got he's to drop weight. He's got to make those legs move faster. He's got to feel fresh all the time. And he doesn't look like he feels fresh. But I, I really do think he can get his game back to where he wants it. And, uh, you know, he'll still be tough because, you know, it, it, it's your mind that makes you tough. It's not your legs. But I think if his legs are where he, where he needs them to be, he can be so much more of an effective player. All right, one final question for Al May, longtime Washington Capitals uh, television broadcaster. Al, uh, you spent a lot of time in Dallas. The stars have just hit the skids here down the stretch. Can Ken Hitchcock be in trouble? I know he's in his first year, but I watched that team play, and down the stretch it doesn't look like their top-end guys are going and they're playing with any passion. Well, I think I was between the benches uh, a week ago Tuesday when they were here, and he looked so miserable and angry, and you know, he's, it looks like he's cussing and yelling all the time. I don't know if it's at the refs or anyone in general. That's just his mo there back there, and I, I know what he's like. He, you know, he he can grade on people, but I saw the players shaking their head, rolling their eyes, and you know that they're out of sync right now between the coaching staff and the players. And I, I just know that when it gets that miserable, you know, the conversation when you're not happy with your coach, the conversation is never good. You know, the clicks on the team that develop when you're losing, uh, losing brings out the worst in everyone. And uh, I can bet that all their conversations are with, with, you know, with and about him, that uh, they're not happy with the way he's treated them. I, I think they look like a hell of a team uh, for a lot of time this season. And, and now to see them losing all these games in a row, the mistakes that they're making, uh, I can't believe it's the same team. Al, great stuff. Uh, we'll hook up in a couple of weeks, okay? All right. Take care, Bob. Thanks for having me. You bet. Thank you very much. That's Alan May.
cup of coffee with the Oilers. Uh, played for a number of years with the Washington Capitals. Works for NBC Sports Washington. We'll have this day in Oilers history when we return in Oilers now. When you want to fly your Oilers colors with fan gear or outfit your fan cave, there's only one place. ProAmSports.ca. Jerseys, apparel, headwear, and memorabilia from your favorite players and teams. Whether it's the NHL, the CFL, the NFL, MLB, or more, ProAm Sports are your fan cave specialists. And if it comes with a ProAm Sports certificate of authenticity and hologram, you know it's 100% authentic, hand-signed memorabilia. So no matter who you cheer for, ProAm Sports has got your guy. Visit their Edmonton show showroom on St. Albert Trail. Fill your fan cave at proamsports.ca. That's proamsports.ca. This is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. You can text us on our Westlock Ford text line. Hey, Bob, do you think the Oilers drastically overperformed last year and this season is a more accurate representation of this roster? Or would you say this team is drastically underperforming and last season is a more accurate representation of the team? Or would you say the true representation lies somewhere in between? Just curious as to what you thought. Um Maybe the team wasn't a 47-win, 103-point team last year. Talbot had a great start, great finish. Oilers were 7-1 in the start and 12-2 and in the finish. I don't think the team has been as bad as a team that doesn't look like they're going to win. Well, they won't win 41 games. They can't. They could still, I guess, in theory, get to 40. Um, this has been a disappointing year. Special teams. 31st in the power play, 28th, 29th in the PK. Save percentage has gone up to about 26th, 27th. It was 31st. Those three factors. Save percentage, special teams. That's what's killed them. Uh, Do I expect the orders to be better? Yes, they better be better. Absolutely. So, somewhere in the middle, but good enough to compete for a playoff spot next year. I also think Calgary is going to miss. I wouldn't bet against the Flames next year in terms of them... uh, I think they got a good chance to make the playoffs as well next season. Let's go to List Day in Oilers history. It is brought to you by New West Travel, Edmonton's premier travel company for 38 years. They've got a great Oilers now road trip package to Europe this fall. Call New West Travel. Visit newwesttravel.com. Brendan Ulrich, what do you got? We go back to 2006, Bob. The Oilers knock off the Avs 4-3 in a shootout. Ryan Smith, Steve Steos, Jarrett Stoll, the goals for the Oilers. Oh, yeah, there you have it. The Stan Orders history brought to you by New West Travel. Again, the Orders now roadie to Germany and Sweden next fall. See the Orders play an exhibition game in Germany against Cologne and then in Gothenburg, Sweden against the New Jersey Devils. That is a Devils home game. Travel online and check it out at newwesttravel.com. Okay, 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 okay. You can text us at 630, 630. Uh, this text comes in saying... Uh, Bob, I love it when you have Al May on the show. Love the guy. He's got real honesty. It's straight talk. He's a good guest. We'd love having him on the show every couple of weeks. I love his take on Wilson there. Well, you're no a goons to take him off his game. No, I just like the way you said that. Like you're, can you're focus a on... fan, but he is a good guest because he brings it. Yeah, and he still cares about the Oilers, which is important when you host a show called Oilers. Now, he's like me. Cares about the Oilers and uh, and the Cowboys. <laughs> What do we got coming on up on Inside Sports tonight with the uh, rising star himself, Reed Wilkins? Oh, he's already a star. Come on. Big time star in this city. (laughs) 
he's listening right now, so of course is it, that's okay. why I'm saying that. You, you perhaps have to <laughs> redefine uh, your terminology for the word star. What do you got? Uh, I know Len Rhodes will be on tonight. He wants to bring that CFL media day to uh, Edmonton, so I think that's what uh, the scu- discussion will be mostly about. Well, good for them for trying to do some new stuff. They're hosting the Grey Cup as well. Saw Dwayne Venu. I think he's heading that baby up, so we wish those guys the best of luck. Hopefully the Eskimos get there tomorrow. Stoffer Inspector for Horse Racing Alberta. Again, live racing returns to Northlands Park May 5th. That's right around the time of the Kentucky Derby, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and, uh, yeah... We'll have a guest on from CBUS as well. Up next, a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell, followed by the 6.30 Chad Afternoon News with Jalen Nye and Andrew Gross. So long, everybody, from Oilers Now. With Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Service for any brand in your office? Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A. On Oilers Radio, 630 Ched. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Ched.